pocket watch falls, its once pristine face shattered. The shards drift away and up, reflecting myriad moments which cannot possibly be happening at once. Figures are obscured within the swiftly breaking glass. A figure is chased down winding streets, another is surrounded by numerous encroaching forms. There is a shape being thrown across an open space, impacting a far wall. There is a heavy decision which will echo through time and space. Hindsight Finale, Part 3, Diachronous Moments Let's get back over to Stagehand. Still having an existential crisis. Your existential crisis has been ongoing for a couple of minutes now. And you're coming into the part of this where you're not seeing your your own possible branches anymore. You're starting to see the people around you. And taking a look at Hex was probably the worst idea you've ever had. I do want to ask what you're trying to do at the moment. I am scrambling to get my backpack off of the floor. I think you can do that. You're, you're definitely kind of like rocked here, but I don't think that's hard to do and hex is not trying to stop you we get a panel shot of the backpack and there's a spot on the inside of the backpack like the part that would be against stagehand's back that clearly something has been stitched into and there's just a like big rip noise as stagehand tears the back of the backpack off and pulls a ringleader's whip out of the secret pocket of her backpack And it like crackles with her red telepathic energy as she does that. This is her weapon of last resort from her mentor. Oh no. (laughs) Tell us about this weapon. Normally speaking, Highwire is very, hey, don't use your powers. But even people who embody mundane understand that sometimes you need to use your powers. And Highwire had this specially commissioned for stagehand. It amplifies her own telekinetic ability, allowing her to control like exactly where the whip goes. But it also has a like self-destruct nuclear option if needed. So it's a little bit of a hand bomb. That's also a whip. And we get panels where Stagehand is kind of in the foreground and past her we can see like all of the fractures kind of like splintering off of Hex. And you see a couple where he's very obviously in some sort of like old Western gear. The cowboy hat chaps. He's probably riding a horse in one of them. And you see another one where he's dressed like a really goofy, stereotypical, like 1970s wizard, like the big purple robe, right? I love it. And then you start to see ones where he's dressed more like a just like normal, like street person. But you see a lot of them where he's got these cybernetics attached to him. And in the background kind of above his head and in the center and dominating kind of the middle of the page you see dozens of him walking around downtown apex city and no other people Ooh! you get hit by the reality that there is a future in which everyone is hex and that that's where this particular version is from okay not cool so what do you do oh god i'm still afraid but i feel like i I can't run. Like, I mean, I can, but I can't run. I'm not going to leave Desi here. We had a moment, okay? (laughs) And I think Desi at this point is kind of like starting to push themselves up on one of the seats. And they're just starting to come back to, you know, consciousness. And you can see that they are 
just starting to get the full effect of what's going on in this room is they're having a similar experience to you and they don't look like they're having a good time either. You know, I'm ready to fight if needed, but I'm just going to like grab Desi by the shoulder and just be like, we need to get out of this room. That seems like a defend someone if that's if you're actively trying to get them out of the room. I'm cool with that being a defend someone. I can defend people, hopefully. Eight minus two plus three, nine. So on a seven to nine, first off, would you like to clear a condition? Add a team to the pool or take influence over Desi again. I am going to go ahead and clear that um, afraid condition because my minus one danger is good enough. And the downside of this is it costs you. Do you want to expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation? I think I'm exposing myself to danger. So you grab Desi and you start trying to book it out of the room. And as you do, you can just hear Hex cackling, you know, as you run and you head out onto the street and you come face to face with a group of people in silver armor that you now realize are just Hex instances in different bodies. <sighs> and they all turn to look at you. <laughs> I would like to briefly head back to the future. So Daybreak, Nightfall at this point seems like he's just done. What are you up to? I'm going to go see if I can go grab Overclock's head. Um, it is well and truly fused into this control panel. Uh, Horsehead put it way in there. Cool. Um, then I'm going to go and wrench the control panel off with his head attached. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to make your roll for that. I feel like that's ins- you've broken enough things at this point. Uh, and then I'm going to throw him to Nightfall. Pretty sure this guy counts as a villain. So I'm not really in a place to do anything with him, but uh, you can keep him until I tear down your regime. Overclock looks offended. I am. I am. If you will excuse the the turn of phrase, I am an anti-hero. Nightfall just kind of like puts a hand over his mouth. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll keep an eye on him. Cool. And I don't think I have anything else I need to do at the Heron Towers up to the roof and watch the sunset probably for the first time since i've been here and i want to get from the roof of the heron building where daybreak is watching the sunset back to the 90s where daybreak is on the roof of a building adjacent to the hospital watching a bunch of strange looking figures basically break into the top floor clever Haha! Time travel <laughs> so hextinction petrine and horsehead you follow hextinction into the hospital. Uh, And I guess the question is, 90s Daybreak, what are you doing? So is this post my first fight with Hex? It uh, is not, as it turns out. I wouldn't be a full-fledged hero yet. That fight was my first big fight, but I I could definitely still be around. Yeah, this is probably you just like getting the hang of your, your powers. Like maybe like, you probably don't even have a costume at this point, but just like, You happen to be on the roof of this building adjacent. Possibly this is, you know, like an apartment building. Cool. Maybe you're up there just hanging out and you see this happening. And I see a chair time machine pop up on... Yeah, you see like a big weird techno chair appear on the roof of the hospital and then a bunch of strange looking people, uh, you know, break in. Hey, I don't look strange to 90s daybreak. (laughs) You're wearing giant (laughs) shoulder pads. I am wearing giant shoulder pads. This is common. This perfectly normal-ish. It's a fading fashion, but still not too unusual. So, wait, would Daybreak recognize Professor Paradox? Paradox isn't here. Paradox did not come with you. Ah. I don't think I would recognize any of you, but I would hop down to look at this cool time machine. Whoa, what is this thing? Where'd you guys come from? Daybreak! Uh, that's a good name. My, my name is, my name is, uh, Dawn. Uh, Daybreak. I like that. This is going to be a, a lot for you to hear right now, but I'm your nephew, and we need your help. And I am your friend. But I'm also a robot. Nice shoulder pads. But what? Thank you. I mm, I have a no 
I don't think that's biologically possible. It will be in the future. Listen, uh, a whole lot of stuff is being confused right now, but the kind of the point of it is that we have to stop me right now. So yes, we have to stop you, right? No, no, there, there are two of her. You see, she's here, but she's also in the hospital. It's the hospital one that we need to stop. Okay, okay, okay. I'm down. Let's do this. So, what do you need me to do? Patrine steps forward, puts her hand on Don's shoulder, looks him in the eye, and goes. A superhero should save everyone. And then just releases to go start <gasps> hopping down to go into the hospital. <laughs> I love this! <laughs> we get a couple of panels of Hextinction, as we saw earlier, like moving through rooms and like injecting people with nano machine viruses. But then we see behind her Hextinction and Baby Daybreak and Patrine and Horsehead and what does that panel look like? Because I, the, the established rule and something that I, I think Hext, uh, Hextinction would be smart enough to figure out is that Hextinction, having observed this, cannot stop Hextinction, but that only counts for you. Yes, we got that idea because Paradox said we could stop Hex from killing him. Exactly. Paradox can't stop it, but you can. Thanks, Paradox. So how do the rest of you stop Hextinction? I like the idea that Patrine looks to Baby Daybreak <laughs> as if just expecting Baby Daybreak to be like later Daybreak. Uh, sorry, we're used to you calling the shots. I realize <laughs> that's, a, that's a big expectation. <laughs> uh, I guess I become something in the future. I will freeze her so she can't do some of her movements. It's very hard to move when you're very cold because I have thermal control. This is going to overheat my processors, however. Oh, well. Go ahead and I think unleash your powers. Because you're kind of reshaping your environment. Tin. So yeah, you do the thing. You pull all the heat out of the air, and you freeze Hextinction solid. And I like to imagine that as I take the heat on myself, vents kind of open up on my on my neck and along my, like, visible limbs, and just, like, release steam. That's so cool. I wish human bodies could do that. I am perfectly human. Hextinction has slowed to a stop. What's the follow-up? Because you've kind of got her... In a very vulnerable position. I have insecure. I would like to just go up and go punch Hextinction. I am just a little kid. But hey, I get to be a, a hero in the future because you guys keep looking at me like I'm supposed to be doing something. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go ahead and directly engage that threat. Hey, that is a 12 on the dice. I'm going to impress surprise or frighten the opposition. And I'd really like to take something from them, but I don't know what. What is this Hextinction using to infect people? Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to disclaim that one to actual Hextinction. The thing is, is that it's, as we've mentioned before, they are also infected with this virus. They're just kind of immune to the control elements of it. So it's their techno-organic bits that they're using. So I think I'm going to end up smashing some sort of techno organic bit that at least slows down infection for other people around, if that's uh, allowed. I think at that point, she turns around and sees the group of you, and specifically herself. And there's this, like, blue screen moment, like, this should not be happening. And I think at that point, she just sprints. I would like to move back over to Stellar. You have come across this group of, let's say, probably about ten or so of these people at this point. And they're stopped in front of this pyramid, and they have formed kind of a rough, like, semicircle in front of it and linked hands. 
and they're all chanting in a language that you're not terribly familiar with, unless you speak Norwegian. Do you speak Norwegian? Uh, no, I don't think Stero speaks Norwegian. <laughs> it's Norwegian for those at home. You're not very familiar with this. You're not sure what exactly they're saying, but they are starting to kind of glow, and you can see the sky turning from, like, middle of the day. You can start to see stars. So the question is, what do you do? Well, I don't. I want this to stop. I'm trying to think of how to, like, figure out, like, how to make them stop, do I? I guess I could... It's just a situation, because one of the questions is, how can we best end this quickly? You, you absolutely could. You could take a minute to, to look at this. Go for it. Eight. All right, you get one question. All right, I'm going to pick how best can we end this quickly. Okay, so let's let's right quick, let's talk about Stellar's abilities. So you've Eight. got light control. Yes. And you can tell this with your abilities. They're basically pulling this entire area into another time. And that is happening at a very basic elemental level. And some of the smallest, you know, things involved there are going to be photons. So in theory, you can mess with what they're doing. It's definitely outside of anything you've ever tried to do before. Well, no time like the present. Yeah, I think Stellar takes a deep breath, realizes she forgot her camcorder. One of the coolest things I'm going to do and no one's going to see it. Focus. And she's going to like reach out her hand and try and mess with what they're doing to like try and like stop to like reverse what they're doing and for this i would like you to unleash your powers four and a one plus two that's a seven so do you want to mark a condition or is this going to be unstable or temporary i'm already afraid and insecure yes i'm angry at these people what what do those panels look like where stellar is messing with their magic and getting real angry in the process so she's trying to focus and like her eyes start glowing like really bright and this is like more than she's ever done before. She's really straining and like she can hear this chanting and it starts like getting like in her head and she's just really frustrated because she just wants these people to shut up so she can focus on what she needs to do as the sky starts turning back. I can do this. I just wish they would be quiet. As you say that... You start to see around you that the timeline is starting to fracture, and you can see different versions of yourself. So you see yourself on a stage with Olivia, and then you see yourself as an adult hosting, as it turns out, New Year's Rockin' Eve. (laughs) You see yourself having, like, this obviously pretty successful career, but you see different versions. Some of them Olivia's there, some of them she's not. And in at least one of them, you see that she has died. But as you say... I just want them to be quiet. You turn, and you see the version of yourself that's on stage fighting Noise Machine with Olivia, and Noise Machine cancels out sound, as you will remember. Yes. And they are close enough to touch. At that point, let's get back inside the lab with Kieran. So what have you told Hextinction? I have told Hextinction about my father being taken into a swarm and never seeing him again how that just completely broke my mother and she has never been the same since then. I've told her about the terrible little like hole in the wall that I call home that is basically just like half an apartment sitting next to a pile of rubble. I've told her about how I dig through scrap and rubble to find useful things so that way I can help keep my mom safe. Told her about the fights that I get into over that scrap and about the time that 
I got sucked into a swarm when I was trying to find a way to come back into the past to stop all of that from happening. And how basically I lost days, if not like a week of my life was just lost to some hacker that was good with nanobots. The only thing that saved me from being stuck in that swarm forever, which is what I assume happened to my father, was the fact that there was a cave-in and I got separated from them enough that I got control of my mind again. We could do this as a persuade someone, but I think you just unlocked your moment of truth, and I think the Harbinger's moment of truth makes a lot of sense for this. Me too. So this could literally just be you using your moment of truth to change the future. I like that. So go ahead and read that out. Everything you do could affect the future. For all you know, saving that one guy means that now the future is full of pterodactyls. The ripples are always so hard to track, and you're not sure if you've helped or hurt. Not really. Until now. In this moment, it's all clear. You can see the course of events laid out before you like a river, and you know exactly what you have to do to ensure the future outcome you want. So as you are telling Hextinction this, she is taking this all in, and she's kind of counterpointing your story with some information about herself, and she's telling you about the future that her creator showed her. And you start to realize that she's not just like some goon or, you know, minion. She's probably more lost than you are right now, because she was created in a tube by a time-traveling supervillain to do this one thing, to come get this big nano swarm and take it to be modified into what you know is like the hacking death. And to that end, he showed her, you know, all of these cool things and this far, far future where it's overwhelmed the entire human population and everyone is just Hex. There is no de facto free will except for his. But at some level, he presented that in a very good way and she's starting to realize that like, no, this isn't exactly what she thought it was, right? So as you are doing that, you can tell that she's kind of processing and she looks back and you can see that there's a portal starting to open and through it you can see this really large guy in silver cybernetics wearing a cowboy hat and she looks over at you and she stands up don't give them to him and she stops and she nods and she creates a portal in front of herself she just kind of like taps on her arm again and that thing comes up and you can't see where it goes but she jumps through it and then it just snaps shut and everything around you starts to fracture because the timeline just shifted enormously. I would like to briefly head back to the hospital. That's that's not enough. If, if Hex will just try this again in another time and I chase after her. I am going to have you, as well, unleash your powers. That's a six. Well, there is still team in the pool, so does anyone want to use one? Yeah, Horsehead hasn't gone yet. Yeah, go for it. Uh, he, like, he doesn't run as fast as the rest of the team does, but um, I think it, it's enough that as this other Hextinction is running off, it's enough that like he can kind of like step over into the next corridor and make sure she's cut off there, so she's got to go the longer way around, which gives Hextinction more time to catch up to Hextinction. Perfect. <laughs> And Hextinction, once you have caught up with Hextinction, first question, do you want to mark a condition or shall I make this unstable or temporary? I will mark insecure. That's 
pretty fair. So once you have caught up with yourself, what do you do? I'm going to say a sentence that I wasn't expecting to say. I would like to comfort or support myself. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. What does that look like? So, so I imagine that I've kind of gotten her to a dead end and there's like a hesitant on both sides. And listen, I know this is really confusing and it's even more confusing on my end. Trust me. And I don't even know if this is going to work because apparently Tom, what dad told us about time travel isn't quite right either, but if you go through with it, you're going to regret it. And I know because I regret it. Oh yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll that mundane. That's another six. (laughs) Do we have, we have one more team in the pool, right? There's one last team in the pool because you had four, you used two back there, you used one up here. So yeah, there's one left. Uh, do any of you have something for this or do we want baby daybreak to say something? It seems like a baby daybreak type of moment, honestly. It does, yes. Yeah. I don't know who these people are. I literally just got into this, but I see Hextinction talking to Hextinction and like, I don't know what's supposed to be happening, but if it's bad, you don't have to go through with it. You can change your own future. You can be a hero too if you wanted to. And I think the way this plays out is that Hextinction looks very confused and then conflicted. I had a slight idea which is that we wirelessly communicate and I sort of share those like, and this is unfortunately condemning myself to always feel guilty, (laughs) (laughs) but it may fix the problem. So sharing those feelings with myself in the past. I like that. So you do that. I think we have a, like a full panel, like a full page kind of thing where it's, it's two split panels with Hextinction on either side. And there's like the little line that goes through them. And then the page after that, we just see Hextinction look confused and then have this like shocked realization come over her face. And then and then I think she she pulls up her wrist and like this glowy screen kind of appears. And you recognize what this is uh, just before she pushes the button to telejaunt out. This is a short range time slash space travel. She legitimately ran away. But uh. I think you get the idea that she got your message. So the three of you are stuck in the past. I will I will say that. What are you doing in the past at this point? We kind of have a responsibility to Daybreak now. Yeah. Because we came back to fix my problem, but Daybreak's problem is still there. Maybe Daybreak suddenly gains three overprotective protectors. I want to bounce right back out to Stellar one more time. You're out here... And you kind of meet your own eye past you that's on that stage with Noise Machine. And you realize that like all the different versions of you are becoming aware that this is happening. So what do you do? This is so weird. But I focus on the one at the concert. And like I kind of like to try and bring it closer so I could use Noise Machine to try and like cancel out the chanting. We're going to call that an Unleash Your Powers. Go for it. Nine. So there is one team in the pool, and I think past you is going to use that team to push Noise Machine across the divide. <laughs> Excellent. I'm in a team with myself. Yes, you you have used your own team from the past. <laughs> Excellent. 
Excellent. And as you shove him across that barrier, all of the sound just stops, and the sky starts to turn back to its normal color. And as it does, the dozen or so of them that were in front of the Kopi pyramids start to kind of fade into this fine gray dust, and a wave of that just rolls over you. Let's move back over to stagehand. Okay, so did Cybersaurus Hex follow us out? Not the one that you had encountered, but as you come out onto the street, you are surrounded by like those mini versions of him. Right, but he seems to be like maybe the real one. Yeah, for lack of a better word, the the prime hex is not following you. Okay. Stagehand just looks at Desi and says, like it's occurring to her as she's saying this, you need to get out of here. Oh. And turns and starts running back towards where the prime hex is. Need you to provoke Wolf Spider to let you handle this by yourself. Well, that is a six total. You turn to start to run, and you realize that they are right beside you, and they look over at you. I only take orders from people that are paying me, and you cannot afford me. I don't want to kill you in the process. God, whatever. Yeah, well, not your decision to make, is it? Yeah, well, shut up. (laughs) So the two of you dash back into the room. And Hex at this point has found that little pocket watch that uh, Paradox was checking every so often, and he's adjusting the dial on top as you enter the room. Oh, I see you found your courage again. You want to try this a second time? And he snaps it shut. What do you do? Stagehand just cracks out that whip to like full length. You see like in the panel, she hits a button on the bottom of the handle and then slashes slashes it out with like all the force of her telekinetic energy to like his hand and wrist that's holding the pocket watch. Directly engage a threat. At least I'm not afraid anymore. That is a seven! Nice, you get to pick one thing off that list. He really wanted the pocket watch, so I think I'm taking the pocket watch from him. I'm not trying to avoid his blows. I'm going balls to the wall, throwing everything I have into this fight. Hex has seen your timeline. Hex knows what you're about at the moment. So as you take that, he is going to take that moment to grab Desi. So he just lets go of the pocket watch because he can see this coming. You grab it in that whip and he reaches out an arm and grabs Desi kind of like by the shirt and lifts them up off the ground and looks over at you. That seems like an even trade to me. What do you say? And he looks down at the limp form of Professor Paradox kind of emphasizing that he is not messing around here. Is Desi, like, saying anything or doing anything as they've been grabbed? So it's worth noting, Desi does not have superpowers. Desi gets by on skill and gadgetry, and Desi does not have their gadgetry on them right now. Yeah, so Desi has kind of, like, lifted up to wrap their legs around Hex's arm, and they're trying to wrench it out of socket, but it's made of time-displaced cybernetics, so it's not going great. So they're (sighs) definitely trying, but... They are kind of outclassed here. So am I. (laughs) 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 Oh, I feel so bad about this, but I'm using the weapon of last resort, like stagehand full on committed to doing this. Mm -hmm. So I have to go after Hex again. How are you going to do that? Uh, So I think like what happens on the panel is that stagehand, like with her hand that the whip isn't in just kind of like throws it to the left and the pocket watch goes flying i'm going to assume it smashes into a wall conveniently and just lays 
back in with the whip, this time going for um, his other arm now, since he's got Desi. Okay, so this is an important question. Are you actively trying to throw that watch to break it, or are you just kind of throwing it and assuming it's going to break? She wants to break it. I would actually like you to unleash your powers, because I'm assuming you're putting like some TK behind that, like just to really try and... Oh yeah, she's gone like full Dark Phoenix mode right now. Seven! Do you want to make this unstable or temporary, or would you like to mark a condition? I'm already in such a hot spot of time displacement. Let's just make it worse. Unstable or temporary. I think we are definitely going to go for unstable. It hits the wall and it shatters. And as it does... Hex's face just like, because he's been kind of amused throughout this whole thing, right? Like, yeah, you're a kid, whatever. And as it breaks, his face just falls and looks very, very serious. And he throws Desi at you. And as that whip is snaking out towards him, you're going to have a choice here. You can catch Desi or you can just sidestep. In one case, you're going to take a powerful blow. In the other case, you're not. What do you do? I got to catch. I got to catch Desi. Okay. So I'm not going to make you roll for that, but I am going to make you take a powerful blow. Okay. That is a six. So he has just flung Desi at you uh, at high speed. They impact. How do you turn that cool? I've kind of pieced together that Desi probably has had some training from Highwire, or at least is well-trained and probably a fan of the Cirque. And we just like, I prep to catch them in like an acrobatic stance. And I'm able to, like, use their momentum to, like, we probably have to do a flip or two to get out of it. It's ridiculous because it's a comic book. But acrobat training, basically, is how we weather this. (laughs) I love that. Desi lands on the ground and kind of, like, straightens their little bow tie and looks over at you. All right, cool. And then they rush Hex. And as he's going to grab again, they duck under his arm and pop up and just, like, double heel kick him in the face. And how do you follow that up? Stagehand's gonna go for the swipe along his knee level with the whip and like try to knock him off balance. Here's what I want to do, because there's something that has uh, happened recently that is about to hit you. So at that point, we get that panel where that gray dust that's been like sweeping outwards from the Kopi Pyramid finally hits the Wilson where you're at. And as it does you can see every possible version of yourself. So rather than directly engaging a threat, I would like you to overwhelm a vulnerable foe. Oh, well, that's a four. Oh, no. Multiple versions of you are trying to get in on this attack. And for a moment, it goes really, really well. And as you look like you're about to overwhelm a hex, he kind of growls at you. And portals start opening all around the room, and multiple hexes enter and start taking out your future versions, and you can feel every one of them. Oh, that hurts. This is very similar to, like, you're getting the sound effects that you got with, you know, Professor Paradox. He's not incapacitating your future versions. He is straight up murdering them. So I do need you to take a powerful blow. That's six. How are you kind of standing strong in the fact that he is literally killing your future? So there is kind of this weird moment of calm for stagehand as this is happening because to her, it's reinforcing her decision. He's killing her future, but she already kind of committed to doing that herself because she's using the weapon of last resort. Like, you know, it hurts, but it's just refueling her fire and her commitment to see this through. 
I would love to use my moment of truth. So what are you doing right now? So I think what's happening in this moment, like stagehand is denying her training, basically. Like she's leaning full force into the telepathy and telekinesis. And like, as each of these stagehands are dying, you're seeing on the panel that red energy coming into her, the current timeline stagehand. And like that power just seeps out through her and like starts to overpower the time breakage that's going on here and is like pushing the cybersaurus hex up against the wall and like each time she's pushing in a little bit harder we're seeing one of his future ones disappear and it's the full force of her telekinesis that's altering the time around her to let her do this one thing as she's embracing her freak as you are stripping these future versions of Hex away, he is changing, moving backwards through his own timeline, until eventually what you have pressed up against the wall there is kind of a sad, confused-looking guy in a cowboy hat. He obviously is just covered in dust. He's not well-off. Eventually, you can tell that he's having trouble breathing because he no longer has any sort of abilities here. The question here is, do you stop yourself? I need to end his timeline. You see him kind of fade backwards through that previous version of himself, and then he kind of breaks apart into this fine gray dust. And as that happens, everything kind of changes. You and Stellar are on a rooftop, and Kieran's not here, and you are very swiftly forgetting what just happened. Down in Tezuka Square in the middle of the day, a black van exits the Ross Tunnel and sweeps a white beam across the tunnel opening, collapsing it on the pursuing police cars, and the two of you swing down to intercept it, only this time without Kieran. As we panel out, we see Daybreak in, in costume at this point, and way better trained, waiting in Tezuka Square one fine afternoon when a large cybernetic triceratops skull appears over the square, and everyone is very concerned and very shocked and overwhelmed, except for Daybreak, because Daybreak is like, nah, I got this. <laughs> cool. And Kieran, back in the year 2067, Apex City is pretty sweet. There's flying cars, and it's your first day of school. What does that look like in a very bright future? Kieran is dropped off at school by their dad, who does not embarrass them, just like wishes them luck, gives Kieran like a hug and a kiss on the cheek before they walk into the building. And as you do, we kind of panel over across the schoolyard and behind a tree, just watching you go into school. We see Hextinction, who Aww. gives like a thumbs up off panel.
Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of gold, silver, and bronze. Also the future, which may or may not be doomed. Daybreak is played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01 or listen to him play a silky smooth fay on the Shadows of St. Fleur podcast. Patrine is played by Mac. She's a co-host of Crooked Russian Cam's podcasts, including Gem Jammer and I Will Fight You. You can find her at any of those or at MacKenzie on Twitter. Horsehead is played by Nick, GM of Real Fantasy Encounters. You can find him on Twitter at RF Encounters. Stellar is played by Charlie. You can find Sir on Twitter at Magical underscore Pride and Sir Podcast Precure Podcast Engage at Prepod Engage. Hextinction is played by Evan Saft, your friendly neighborhood GM on the Rollout Podcast. They can be found on Twitter at Names Equipped or at Rollout Podcast. Stagehand is played by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at Occasional GM or on his own podcast, Shadows of St. Fleur, which you can find at St. Fleur Pod. Kieran is played by Vanessa Haas. You can find her being a delinquent on Paradigm Academy on LGBT and D as Jack the Janus, or on Twitter at Alpaca My Books. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever timelines crash together. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. And to all of you, thank you for listening.